I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 82 of the podcast. Happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and hit that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. Okay, dads, I'm back with another NFL Hall of Famer and First Class Father for you. This time, I will have the honor of speaking to one of the greatest offensive linemen to ever play the game of professional football, Willie Rofe will be joining me here in just a minute, so please stick around for that interview. You don't want to miss. Uh, It was an awesome family weekend for me. Our parish church had their first annual county fair, which I was able to volunteer at all weekend, and our family was able to attend. I threw a couple of pictures up there on Instagram about it. Maybe you checked it out. My son also had a flag football game, and also I had the opportunity to teach CCD to the eighth graders, and that was a pretty good experience. Uh, So it was a pretty good dad weekend all the way around. Yesterday, it was International Podcast Day, and First Class Fatherhood was number one on iTunes, and many of my episodes were flooding the charts over there. And so I really want to say thank you so much to all the listeners. I was posting a little bit about it there. It's it's great to see First Class Fatherhood up there in the charts. Uh, Deion Sanders' episode was ranked number two. Uh, Sean Matson's episode was up there. Brent Gleason. Brad Meltzer's episode was up there. I was really just, the top 10 was just covered in First Class Fatherhood episodes. And I really want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to all you listeners out there who made that possible. And uh, thank you for sharing the podcast. I love getting your feedback. And the podcast is definitely getting noticed because I'm starting to get hit with some haters now on Twitter. So that's exciting to see. Uh, it's tough to imagine people hating on a podcast based on fatherhood, but that's the that's the story here. So it all goes a long way to help me uh, bring you guys the best podcast I possibly can here. So please keep coming with your feedback. It all goes a long way. I really do appreciate it. Also trending yesterday on Twitter was Gold Star Mother's Day. So I took that opportunity to make a couple of posts about episode 72, where I had the distinct honor of speaking with Karen and Billy Vaughn, the Gold Star parents of Navy SEAL Aaron Vaughn. And if you missed that one, I highly encourage you guys to go back to episode 72 and check it out. It was truly a very special moment for me. And they had some incredible advice and some awesome insight to share with all parents. So I really recommend you guys go back if you get a chance. Episode 72 with Karen and Billy Vaughn. It was something special. Okay, looking forward, Wednesday I will be joined here by entrepreneur Jeff Giese. And Friday, I will have NFL wideout Lance Moore stopping by the podcast. So come on, dads, lock it in, subscribe to the podcast, Fatherhood Rocks, Family Values Rule, and every day is Father's Day right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, so let me smack you guys with a quick little spot here, and I'll be right back on the other side with Hall of Fame offensive lineman Willie Rofe. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now is a first-class father who is an all-time NFL great. 
He is on the 1990s All-Decade team, the 2000 All-Decade team. He is in the College Football Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He played professional ball with the New Orleans Saints and the Kansas City Chiefs. It is with great pleasure that I get to say, Willie Rofe, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you for having me. All right, let's get this started here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? Uh, I have four kids and a stepdaughter. I have a 24-year-old stepdaughter. I have a 22-year-old um, uh, daughter, uh, Jordan, that's in uh, Raven, and Jordan in Knoxville, married. I'm a granddad. I have a 21-year-old, just turned 21, uh, September 18th, going to Palm City College, living with me here in Florida. I have a 19-year-old son going to UNO in New Orleans, and my youngest is uh, Carrington is will be 17 in December, and she's living with us going to Jupiter High School. Wow, okay. What kind of sports or activities were the kids into? Uh, my youngest did a little volleyball, um, a little soccer. Uh, now my, my daughter Alexis played basketball when she was younger, but now none of them involved in sports. All right, Willie, walk me through. What are some of the challenges or difficulties becoming a father while you're playing at such an elite level in the NFL? Well, well, the most tough thing for me was I wasn't present all the time. I mean, my kids did not live with me uh, per se. They live with me now. Some of them live with me now. But uh, in the league, you know, I had to learn, like a lot of guys learned, having kids. Uh, I wasn't married and uh, different moms. And so it was just a matter of me seeing them all season, trying to spend as much time as I could with them. Uh, the financial part, I took care of that, of course. But it's not about the financial part. It's about the part of me being having an active role in their life. So now that I'm retired and, and I've been settled, uh, married almost five years, um, I get to spend a lot, a lot more time with them. My son was living with me in high school in California. So, uh, you know, and my one daughter's married now, and they're trying to figure things out. So I help as much as I can. But, you know, while I was playing, it was a little, little more difficult because, like I said, they're not living – New Orleans till I got toward the end of my career, and then I got traded to Kansas City, and my other two kids did not live in, in, in the state of Louisiana. Okay, you had the nickname of Nasty while you were playing professional football, so I'm kind of curious, how did you go about disciplining your kids? What kind of disciplinarian were you? Were you tough on, on them, or how did you go about it? You know, that's a good question. I, you know, I just try to, you know, I try to make sure they do their chores now. I try to make sure my daughter... Make sure she, obviously she does a schoolwork. She's almost straight a student, but, you know, my dad was, had to be disciplined on me and my brother. Um, when you're not present all the time, you kind of want to discipline in a different way. You know, we went through a little work class with my son. Uh, my dad would come and talk to him, and he's maturing now. It's a little different with these millennials. I mean, it's, uh, parents listening, people listening. Uh, you have to be tender, tender handed, tenderfoot with these kids because they, they, they can't absorb as much. So, you know, with the millennial generation, uh, you have to watch what you do and, and say, cause you don't want to push them the wrong way cause they might be mad at you for a couple months. So, uh, so I try to, uh, I try to talk more as a discipline and try to explain things more as I get older with my kids so they understand. 
Well said. And one of the big disconnects between parents and their kids today is social media, which is something that we didn't grow up with. And also the video games are ultra addictive. So how do you handle or monitor social media and technology with your kids? My wife does that. She monitors the social media, the uh, Snapchat and all that. My son, funny, funny you bring up video games. My son would like to, that was his thing. He's more of a computer guy. Playing Minecraft, playing on the computer, not wanting to go to school, you know, wanting to play computers, computers, computers. Really, you know, messed him up some with his schoolwork in high school, and then he went online his last year. But now that he's 19, he's coming out of the shell, he's going to college every day. You need that experience to go mingle and get, go with kids and learn about life. College, college for me was my growing up period. College was my transition into manhood, and you need that interaction with the students, being on your own, having to take care of yourself, having to clean up after yourself, having to figure out things now that you're away from your parents. So I think that's where the parents have to let these kids get away, especially when they start getting to that age, and grow up and learn on their own. You know, and it's, it's, we all depend on these cell phones now. I mean, I don't, I don't have a laptop. Everything I do, internet, uh, email, everything is done on that, on the phone. So, I mean, your phone is, is your lifeline now, and, and, and that's the way that's, that's kind of a uh, blessing, but it's kind of a kind of a, 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 a not good because you know, I mean, navigation now we. You had to get a map and learn how to go places. You traveled around the country. Now you depend on that phone to get you everywhere you're going. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think it's really crippling the communication skills with our kids big time. Yeah, you know, so I was at my 30-year high school reunion, and, and I was talking to a parent with his kids, and he said what he started doing when they came, when his kids came home from school and everybody sat down to dinner like we used to, he took their phones. So for this hour or two hours when you come home from school or when you come hang out with me, I want to take this phone. I mean, we can watch TV or we can do something, but let's get the phone out of this our interaction for a couple hours so we can just, and he said that at first the kids got upset, but then they understood after a while they were like, I'm glad you did this because this makes us have to communicate and spend time with each other without these devices. And, 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 and I think families need time, parents too, and take the phones out of their hands because some of these parents are just as bad as these kids with all this stuff on their cell phones. Yeah, I agree, and I'm trying to get better with it myself. Uh, I, I never had social media accounts until I began this podcast about five months ago, and now as I tell my kids to stay away from the technology at times, I find myself buried in the screen all the time, so it's definitely something I have to pay more attention to and try to lead by example with. And it's, you know, and, and my, my wife, and that, you, know, you know, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, and I track it and stuff, but, you know, they do, my wife and her friend do a lot of it. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's good. It's good because you... Especially with, with people that I graduated with school with from Facebook, keeping up with each other, seeing what each other doing. That part, you get to see what each, seeing each other's lives. Where back in the day, there was no way for you to know what everybody was doing. Well, now you know what everybody, now sometimes you know a little bit about, too much about what everybody's doing. But you do get to keep up with everybody and see what they're doing and everything. So it's got its benefits, but like you said, when you're spending time and you want to spend time with your kids, and you just want to have some, some family time, I think you need to put the device away for a while. Yeah, agreed there. Okay, let me hit you with this because um, it's a difficult decision that many parents are facing today, especially with everything that we know about CTE. 
uh, whether or not to let their kids play tackle football. So uh, what type of advice do you have for the dad or for the parent whose kid is begging to play or asking to play tackle football, but the dad is kind of on the fence about it? I would say let them play flag or some type of football without hitting contact till they get toward high school. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend. Let, now, if I had a kid that wanted to play sports, I'd let him play basketball, soccer, you know, baseball. But football, contact-wise, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let him play contact football to maybe the ninth grade. I mean, your body has to develop. You have to learn. The problem with that, they would have to play some type of football so they would know, know the right techniques, but not, not contact, physical contact until getting closer to the teenage years. Because I mean, these kids just that you can teach them, but they they just don't know how to do how to do it at that level. And they just, it's, you know, I grew up playing football all my life, even street ball, with no pads to swap with the pads on. So you kind of had to learn how to do it, you know, tackling and hitting people without hitting your head because you didn't have pads on when you're playing street ball. So what I'm saying is, you know, if, they, if they're not going to play like that, like we did growing up, so you learn how to do it without pads on. You know, which is dangerous anyway. You know, guys getting hurt and uh, uh, out there playing. But you don't need to do it overnight until you're older. Yeah, and I have one son playing in an NFL flag football league right now. Um, it's very well run, very well organized, and I'm very happy with it. He's learning the skills and not taking the blows, like you said there. Um uh, I'm like you. I played a ton of street ball growing up, and, and my friends and I, you know, we, we played. It wasn't organized when we played. There was obviously no flag football, but we played without supervision. We played with no parents watching us, no referees. We picked the teams. We made the rules. We called all the penalties. I mean, we did all that stuff as kids. Um, and we made it work. I mean, we uh, we played and didn't get out. You played hot potato. You played organized. I mean, somebody would be a quarterback. You would run routes and stuff. But people were getting tackled and stuff. And you learned how to not, you know, get dinged up out there because you were out there playing. And, you know, we were outside all day playing sports. No matter what the sport was, you know, kickball, hit, you know, hit, stick ball, any kind of ball. Basketball, you know, sports year-round. But, uh, you know, like you said, they're not growing up playing ball like we did unorganized and made up the up as kids, they're going straight into organized sports without that. Playing sports without the pads on before it went into organized sports. So we had an idea of how to play. They're just going out there not doing anything and playing organized sports. All right, it is now time for a word from today's sponsors, and I'll be right back with more of the action on First Class Fatherhood. Yeah, Willie, and that's one of the things I find very sad today is that I'll pass by many parks or fields and they're just empty, you know. And, and when I was a kid, you know, the fields, the, the basketball courts, anywhere there was a big spot of grass was usually just packed with kids playing. Now now they're all empty. Oh, man, I grew up on the east side of Pablo, Arkansas. We was 34 school. That was our practice field at the school every week, you know, especially this time of year when basketball season starts. We'd be up there for football practice. You had kids everywhere playing basketball on the court. People around walking around to practice, riding bikes. I mean, it was so much fun growing up in the 70s, you know, early 80s. I mean, it was kids everywhere. We had organized teams all over. Football and baseball were huge. If, you know, when organized baseball, I mean, I mean, basketball as much as you got a little older, but football and baseball were huge. You know, I grew up in the South, so obviously, there wasn't any hockey. We didn't have any ice rinks. 
But you know, Toy Hunter and I went to the same high school. He grew up on the east side of Pine Bluff. Don Hudson and I went to the same high school. Don Hudson, all-time all-time great. Grew up on the east side of Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Played for Bear Bryant and for Vince uh, 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 Lombardi. So, like I said, it was it was it was so much fun uh, growing up then, and all the kids, like you said, man, you don't see any of that anymore. It's just sad. It's just the kids aren't outside. I mean, I mean, they don't have. I don't think they have the fun we had riding bikes everywhere. Just ride, riding bikes all over town. The friends out. We we would ride bikes all over the place. Yeah, times are definitely different now. But uh, all right, Willie, how about the high school kid who's crushing it on the gridiron and he's looking to go next level and he's getting all the attention now from the major schools? What kind of advice do you have for the father or the parent of those kids? You know, keep your focus. Make sure he's getting his grade works. Make great books. Make sure he meet, goes on these recruiting trips. Meet with the right coach and the right system that works for your son. So, you know, don't push him to go to a school that you want him to go to. Let him go where he feels comfortable with the coaches, the players, and let him make that decision. Because if you don't let the kid make the decision he wants to make, he's going to look back on it and might be mad or want to transfer or things happen. So don't force him to go to a school because you want him to go to it. Make sure the school, make sure it's a good school academically and the coach pushes for academics. That's number one. Uh, you want to make sure that they have some type of, uh, uh, church or something, you know, the, the coach is, uh, is Christian. You know, I mean, if you're in, if that's religion is important to you. But ultimately let the kid figure out what's best for him and then let him make that decision and then you support him in that decision. Yeah, great advice right there. Okay, your mom was the first black woman to serve on the Arkansas Supreme Court, which is quite an accomplishment. Are any of your kids looking to follow in her footsteps? Anyone heading in that direction? Uh, my daughter that's going here to Palm Beach College wants to go uh, back to when she finishes here for two years back to San Diego State and become an, an attorney. So she is talking about going to law school. Now, becoming a judge and all that, that's a little more difficult. So we'll see what happens with that department. But she does want to be a judge. And my youngest daughter, my dad was a dentist, is, wants to go in the medical field. What that is, I don't know yet. So uh, uh, those two, the two youngest, when well, my son's 19, he's younger, I'm not sure what he wants to do. He's still taking his prelims. But those two, I think, do want to go in the medical and the law field. All right, very cool. All right, let me bounce it back to playing ball as a kid here because I'm, I'm pretty curious. When you were playing as a younger guy, I'm sure you always had dreams about playing in the NFL, but did you see yourself playing at a specialty position? Did you ever want to play tight end, or was it always O-line all the time for you? Pros was not even a thought to me. I was just happy to get a scholarship. But my dad was 6'3 and a half, you know, 215, and went to Michigan State on the football scholarship. My mom was 5'10", so I was a big boy. So I was always on the offensive defensive line. Uh, we were nine in those city champs in the ninth grade. I played D line. I was always one of the bigger kids. So, uh, I always stood on the line. When I got to high school, I played a lot of basketball. Went to Catholic, with UCA when Scotty Pippen came out. University of Central Arkansas got Mr. Rebound. Had a few offers, but I was about 225, 230. Never thought I was going to be 300 pounds. And went to Louisiana Tech and the rest was history. Got red shirted. Never really hit the weight. A lot of fans. Want these kids to get real, real big in high school. You don't have to be real big in high school. You want to be more athletic. Let them play multiple sports so they have good feet, good balance, and that's what happened with me. I was a late bloomer, all-star conference, when I was playing football, but I had great footwork, feet work, and I was a 
athlete. And when I got to college and hit the weights, that even made me quicker. So, you know, everything timed out perfectly for me. I got in the right system, and I blossomed and lose every yeah, it almost seems like high school football has become more like uh, it is at the collegiate level, especially with the schedules. They have them traveling all across the country. Their games are televised now. I mean, uh, these kids are superstars before they even hit college now. That's the problem. They're superstars, and then they get to these big programs, and they, and they think they're superstars, and they always think they're in the pros. You know, I went to La Tech. We were going to Division One. We always had something to prove. We always had a chip on our shoulder. And when you get to the pros, I don't care if you go to Alabama of Black Tech or Bramlin or whatever school, but you got to go out there and perform, and you got to go out there and you're in the pros now. It doesn't matter what you did in college or high school or whatever, but a lot of these kids, even these young kids, I mean, it's crazy. Even these little league teams, you have them fighting for these kids and they're transferring teams and doing all that stuff in football. Now I understand basketball, AAU and these basketball boys go to all these different high schools, but now it's starting to happen in football, so it's very competitive. Uh, a lot of parents involved. It's, it's a lot more political now than it was then as far as parents getting involved and who's playing and his and all this stuff. Um, I have a little cousin that's at Rothwell, Rothwell High School in, in Atlanta, and, and it's, you know, even at the 6th, 7th grade level, level, it's political about who's playing, what court, the coach's son playing and all this thing and stuff. So, you know, it's, you know, it wasn't like that back then. Yeah, I definitely see that going on as well. Um, okay, Willie, let me hit you with this because it's always trending with the NFL, unfortunately, but uh, what is your opinion about the players who are taking a knee during the National Anthem? I don't think it's a good thing. I think they, they, they made that point a couple of years ago. I don't think I wouldn't have taken a knee for the Anthem, and uh, I just think you honor your country and uh, you get out in the community and you try to impact things in different ways. I, you know, I understand it. You know, they were upset with some things at the time that were going on, but I just don't – it was nothing I wouldn't have done. Okay, well said. Right on with that. Um, all right, what's going on with you right now? What kind of projects are you working on? What's coming up for you? Uh, what are the goals for Willie Rofe at the moment? Uh, we have a company we started called Frame Your Game. It's a uh, sports-related license plate helmet. Uh, fans can go to frameyourgame.com and go down. We're on Fanatics, uh, NFL Shop, Fans Edge, Bed Bath Beyond now. We have the NFL, NFL PA license, and a lot of collegiate license, so I can put any player inside the plates for the NFL. You know, I can, or I can sell you the helmet by something on your vehicle. We're selling this in a bunch of stores and stadiums in Pittsburgh, Seattle, uh, Kansas City, uh, the Meadowlands, Denver, so you can go get your helmet and put it on your car on game day. I slogan to put your helmet on game day. So all the fans, go to frameyourgame.com. And go down and check us out and uh, get you a nice gift for your for somebody uh, uh, for your somebody in your family for Christmas or for uh, coming up for their birthday and um, support our company and what we're doing. We'll we'll be hitting some other sports, uh, some other other uh, major league baseball and other uh, NHL coming in the future. We have the hat, hats we're selling now with the NFL and the helmets, but uh, we'll, we'll be uh, businesses picking up and we'll be looking to do some some great things in the future. All right, that sounds cool. I'll be sure to put a link in the description of this podcast episode that will take the listeners directly to the website so they can check it out. And last thing I want to hit you with here, Willie, I like to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice could you give to the new father or to that about-to-be dad that's out there listening? Uh, it's always a blessing to have a child. Be, be thankful that you're blessed to be able to have a child. Uh, uh, make sure you... You love that child and always be in that child's life. Uh, 
and make sure you you, you put God first, and uh, and uh, you know let the child don't push the child to do things that you know let them figure out their path in life, discipline them, but outside of that, you know you let them make their decisions. Don't force them to play like I said to play sports to do what they want. Let them do what they want to do. I never forced my son or pushed him hard to play sports. I wanted him to be academically successful, and he is, so I'm more proud of him for being a very good student and, and, and learning the ropes of life than I am that, that he did not play sports. So I wouldn't force him or push him to do something they wouldn't do because I don't want them to hold anything over your head. I just want you to let them develop as a, as a person, man or female, make sure that they they are treated with respect and make sure they, uh, they work hard and Make, give them the best opportunities in life that you didn't have or that you did have. Awesome. Good stuff. All right. You got anything else you want to throw in there before I wrap this up? You know, just follow me at Willie underscore Wolf on Twitter and Instagram, and that's about it. All right, all-time great Hall of Famer Willie Rolfe. Thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time right here on First Class Fatherhood. God bless, and, and uh, thank you for listening. All right. I'll be right back after a quick spot. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I have to give a special thank you once again to Willie Rofe for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was pretty cool. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I love to hear your feedback. And I really owe it all to you listeners out there why I even have the opportunity to speak to all these amazing guests, man. It's really a lot of fun for me. It's quite an honor. Uh, Hit me on Twitter and Instagram with some of your suggestions. Tell me what dads you want to hear on the podcast. Uh, So I got some awesome guests that are coming up. I still have Brad Leah on the way, Bedros Koulian, Ed Milet. Uh, I got some really awesome guys coming on their way to the podcast that I can't mention just yet. Some big surprises are in store. I'm working on some changes to the podcast that I'm excited about. So look for some big announcements coming soon. As for right now, I got nothing else for you. I'm Alec Lace. You've been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We're fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Mm